This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Okay, so the next question at hand here on Dollars and Sensibility is, what's my first move? I'm thinking about building a business. I'm thinking about buying a house. I'm thinking about, having friends think, buying a car. Seems like the very next move is... Yeah, you go shopping, of course. You buy it, of course. But, you know, there's that little phrase in the back of your mind, that little comment that you say, but what if? Gosh, I just want to make sure there's little variables. So to answer that particular question, I brought in the professional, my own brother, Lon Stone with Stone Insurance here in Heber. Lon, introduce yourself. Say hi and tell us about yourself. Hi, Tom. It's good to be here. Um... We started the insurance uh, business here who's, in Heber. Who's we? I think it's a you. Well, myself started the business in 2004. So it's been 18 uh-huh, years. Uh-huh. Um, that was back in the beginnings of the day, but it's now turned into uh, Kaylin White works with us. Uh-huh. She's got 25 years of experience. She was with State Farm for about 18 years. And so she's been with Stone Insurance for about eight. Uh, we've got an office down at American Fork and then... Um, his name's Jeff Bell, and he's got an assistant there. And then Timothy, my son, just mm-hmm. uh, started working with us here. He passed his license just yesterday, he told me. He's official as of yesterday. Yeah, so, so he's, he's green and brand new, but he's going to add to the office. He is. He is. He's, we're excited to have him. And um, Yeah, I started in 2004. Um, now, you chose this business because of how exciting it is, right? Everybody loves to talk in Cutting shows, edge. Including me. Cutting yeah, edge. Exactly. <clears throat> well, as you know, I worked with you back then. You were in mortgages with me. I was in mortgages in 2004, and and that at the time was a roller coaster, and remains to be a roller coaster. And <laughs> yep. And so I started doing insurance on the side, thinking if I could have something that was stable, mm-hmm. um, just something that would be nothing like seeing on my computer the big fat goose egg at the end of every month. Yeah. 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 Those were exciting times, and, and I was done with that excitement. So, so in a sense, really, let's just, be, let's just be kind of clear about people who are listening. In mortgages, I only get paid if a loan closes. I don't get paid if the loan makes payments or not. I just get paid if the loan closes and then it gets all the income that comes doesn't go to me. That might be a surprise to people. I do not get any residual income. You know, that person pays for 10 years. They're paying the company. And I get no income whatsoever from that. It's, it's every new loan wherein insurance is paid like... Well, it is residual. That's that's the word that propelled me into the business. Mm-hmm. And so as people pay insurance, we do get residual income based on what they pay. Yeah. So if they stop paying, then we certainly don't get anything. But uh, it doesn't come out of their pocket per se. It's a re- an agreement that we have with our insurance carriers that give us a percentage of what mm-hmm. they receive. So let's, let's so. you know, I, I kind of open this up with <clears throat> why insurance but maybe we talk about, you know, as we're going down this path, let's, let's go down the path of, Hey, you decided to open up an insurance office. Let's maybe talk about that first. You know, you said, I'm going to do it on the side. How easy is that? What's it take? You know, Hey, I want to become an insurance agent. Well, when I looked into it, it was 
it came from a conversation I overheard our father and uncle speaking one day mm -hmm. about what they wish they would have done. Yeah. And being an insurance agent was was mentioned. And so for me, it was kind of in the back of my mind. I had an office doing mortgages in American Fork, and I shared an office with an insurance agent. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he was 50-something, which seemed really old at the time. And Yeah, I'm 52. And uh, us old folk. And he would leave and go on a mission <laughs> to serve with his church and then come back and it was still in business. And I thought, what, what is this all about anyway? And, mm -hmm. and so for me, I realized it was really important that if I was going to do this, I needed to have the right companies because I've, I've seen other insurance offices and agencies not do well because they didn't have the right companies. They didn't offer much there. So, so you're talking in plural, people don't understand that. I can stand that. So you can go to, so there's a state farm. I've heard all state, I've heard nationwide, I've heard Liberty, all sorts of things. But which one do you represent? So there's, there's two off, there's two routes you can go in the insurance industry. One is a captive agent mm -hmm. or a captive agency. And that's your state farms and your farmers and Geico. Uh, they sell their product and, and just their product. Mm. And that, or you can do an independent agency where you can represent several companies. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I looked at it, I quoted my own personal insurance across the board and I found a few companies that were very aggressive and, and I had to go the independent agent route to do that. Um, and so for us in Stone Insurance, you can't just say, hey, I'm gonna be an insurance office and open the door, you have to get appointed with these companies. What does appointed mean? Help me understand that. They, they allow you to represent them and they don't just let anybody represent. You them. have to have so much business already. Right. So starting is not easy. Yeah. You it's, yeah, you really can't start on own. You have to really join with another agency usually. Hmm. And that's what I did. I started with another agency that had appointments already. And so I created my relationship with them. And so when Stone Insurance went on their own four years ago, I had the relationships and I had the appointments that I needed to be successful. So we represent about 20, 25 companies um, that kind of help us be aggressive in any circumstance, any scenario. We can be, um, you know, we can provide that best rate. So, what, so if I'm a consumer and I hear you just told me there's captive and then you're called what? Independent. So captive and independent. No one understands that, by the way. That's behind the that's a B2B or a bit behind the scenes, business to business yeah. kind of a terminology. Does it matter if I'm looking for an insurance agent, one or the other? If you care about what you pay okay. and how you're covered, uh -huh. it does it doesn't make a big difference. Explain. Well, so speaking on on what we have, I've got 20, 25 companies. If I were to run the same scenario with the companies that I have, for instance, we've got for an auto insurance, um, we have a family with three cars and three drivers from company one down to 25, I could range in thousands of dollars in cost. Mm -hmm. So every company rates cars differently. Every company rates drivers differently. Every company rates violations differently. So, so if I have a ticket or not a ticket, if I had an accident, not an accident. If I have a 16-year-old driver or a 25-year-old driver, is that true? Is that what we're talking about here? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even in your situation, I've had your family's insurance yeah. for a while. And yeah. because of the situations within your family with kids moving and leaving and tickets or whatever, 
we've kind of been able to move around mm -hmm. to keep you going. I've had three or four or five different insurance companies throughout the ages. And that's different. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the day, you were with a company for 25, 30 years and mm -hmm. you were done. We're kind of trained now to look at it. Mm -hmm. And so for my clients, that's, we're kind of, we, we choreograph dances all the time. That's all we do. And so when situations change within families, we revisit their insurance often. Mm -hmm. And so keep staying with the same company over a long period of time is in, unusual for our, for our, Agency well, anyway. so that's, you bring that up. That's funny because many people will say something to me like, whether it be a, a loan with their house, a loan on their car, something. Man, I went to, you know, they'll name off a bank, Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, and say, I've been with them for 20 years. How come they didn't approve me? Or how come I got that rate? How come I didn't get anything better? Insurance. I've been with them for 20 years. What's the reward you get for being with the same company for 20 years? You Well... There, there's two kinds to it. So a company is going to be more aggressive in getting new business than they are in retaining their existing business. Hmm. So if you've been with a farmers for 20 years or even a Safeco or a progressive for, for 20 years, I'm going to get a better rate with that same company. If I treat you as a new client, hmm. which. So the longer I'm with really them, confusing. the more expensive it gets. Well, they, they rely heavily on your, uh, loyalty and, and then it's too much of a headache to switch or, or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. But oftentimes I'll be with a company or I'll have a client with a company and their rates go up like a lot of companies do. And they call me when what's going on and we'll look around we'll have a few options for them. But sometimes going back with that same exact company that they currently have is our best bet because the company is more aggressive and you can just start over again with them. We can start over with some of them. Yeah. That's not always the case. Well, that is so counterintuitive to the way that people think. Yeah. They think loyalty is going to give them all these benefits. And you're telling me that's not necessarily the case. Not in my business. Again, they do offer discounts and additional coverages if you've mm -hmm. been with them for a long period of time. Okay. So as you come back to them again, hey, long-term client, we'll give you an extra coverage amount. Possibly. Yeah. Again, with 20 companies, you have different rules and guidelines, but um, the the savings and remaining with the same company it isn't isn't always worth it. Well, there you go. It's worth looking at it. I mean, as, as families change, hey, I got a little fender bender a year ago. Um, your rate's going to go up. What's going to happen in two or three years mm -hmm. is uh, if you revisit that with other companies, they may not care anymore or they may not care as much. Mm -hmm. So as as kids come and go, as violations come and go, as you know, things happen. Companies guard that very differently. When kids get a 16 year old driver, it's really a sign for me is let's double check. Yeah. Let's make sure this is our best bet because the way companies handle youth drivers, as we all know with youth drivers, it's, yeah. it's a vast difference. So let's, let's switch over to businesses. Let's switch over to a business where, Hey, I'm going to open up a business. Maybe it's a, a trucking company. Maybe it's a, anyway, I have a, I have a vehicle or vehicles. I have, buildings, I have a uh, liability, maybe someone slips, you know, expand the idea of, Hey, I'm a business owner. What kind of questions would you ask a business owner for insurance coverages? It really depends on the business that they have. Sure. Um, but more, more often than not is as a new business, it is harder to get insurance, mm. a preferred carrier anyway. 
So there are some things that I call them band-aid policies. Okay. And that comes with personal insurance as well as business. Sometimes a business, a preferred carrier will want to see two or three years of insurance history sure. before they're going to give you their rate or a good rate. And so sometimes as a new business owner, they want to see, you know what you're doing. It's kind of like credit. Yes. If you have no credit, it could be as, as same as bad credit. Yeah. But there are carriers just charging you more that might do it for sure. new ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's several options for band-aid type policies, but business insurance is, um, it, it's as diverse as, as personal in terms of cost. There are people that come in that are paying way too much for what they're doing for business, for liability, uh, for property. And, um, and they just, they pay it cause that's just an expense. They don't think about it. Insurance is something we don't think about, by the way, this is just not that sexy of a topic because it's like, Sign up is something you got to do, and then I forget about it. I've never in 18 years, I've never had somebody call saying, "Let's just chat. Let's talk about <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about insurance." It's always, "How are my coverages? What can I do better? And how can I save money?" Well, and hey, I got so, an accident. Take care of me. Exactly. Yeah, I have a situation. I have a claim of some sort. Yeah, and I'll tell you the, the question that comes to me when I do visit with people is, you know, let's say we're paying X amount of money, and we come in and, and we're finding quotes that are half that. They're excited initially, but then they're concerned going, what's wrong mm -hmm. with this company? And um, how come it's confusing them to see the vast difference, but it's my, my thing with them is I'm involved with them. If they're in an accident, I'm there with them. Mm -hmm. So I don't want a bad experience. I don't want anybody to get hung up or not get taken care of. So the companies that we have, it is, they take care of you, period. And their concern is, hey, if I'm saving so much money, they must not mm -hmm. provide good coverage. And that's not the case. Either way, you got <clears throat> Lon and Kaylin to make sure this thing happens. Right, right. But it's just not those that charge more, that's their ammo. Well, they must not have the same coverages or they must not take mm. care of you because. But you just take them side by side. Yeah. Take me down the list real quick. Give me the highlights. If I have a side-by-side -side comparison between, is this good insurance? Is this good insurance? What are the things that are important and what you look for? In terms of cover, in terms of coverages, you look at the liability coverages, the state of Utah. And that's a dollar amount, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have bodily injury, you have property damage, and you have limits that's required by the state to have. For example, the state of Utah only requires that you have $25,000 in bodily injury. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's been in an accident, even a minor one, know that's not enough. Yeah. So that is, and $15,000 for property damage is all the state of Utah requires. If you've looked. And that's going to be the cheapest quote if you just look yeah. at the quote. So if you're, hey, I'm only paying this. Well, a $15,000 in liability and property damage, you know how much $15,000 will buy you in terms of a car. Mm -hmm. That's all the state of Utah requires you to have for liability coverage. So mm -hmm. I look at liability. You look at. And then you look at the deductibles on your vehicle. That makes a huge difference. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. Two thousand. How high do the deductibles deductibles go? Depends on the company. Uh, usually a thousand. Usually a thousand. Yeah. Usually a thousand. Sometimes they'll go up to five thousand, but there's not much of the savings there. But so there's the coverages are really about the same. There's some that offer bells and whistles, like uh, they call it OEM coverage. So original mm -hmm. equipment manufacturer parts. So if you have a wreck with your Lexus, you want to make sure you get Lexus parts on aftermarket mm -hmm. parts. That's something you can add. So, so you're telling me that when you get your car repaired, 
and they give you a quote, it's, is it likely that they'll go for the cheaper parts? Oh yeah. Normally because insurance companies will only offer that cost for a secondary part, unless you have that endorsement. So of course the insurance company is going to be as cheap as they can yeah. to get out of this. Right. Right. Hmm. So there's, yeah, that's a bill. There's other bills and muscles, but those are things you'd want to just double check and make sure. Do I have towing? Do I have roadside assistance? Do I have rental car reimbursement? If I have PIP coverage, personal injury protection coverage, what's my limit? Um, well, it's like PIP is personal, say it again. Personal injury protection, and that's required by Utah to have at least 3000 And that's, again, if you crash into somebody on a vehicle? Regardless, whether you're at fault or not, it mm -hmm. covers anybody in your car up to that amount. Talk, talk to me about an umbrella policy. Talk to me about trampolines. Talk to me about <laughs> all these other variable insurances other than vehicle insurance. So umbrella policy is basically kind of what it says that it covers it covers all underlying insurance. Now, this, I'm boring myself kind of talking about this, <laughs> but um, it provides you additional liability coverage for all of your exposures. So umbrella will cover your home, your auto, your boat, your, if you ever exhaust that liability, an mm -hmm. umbrella would then step in for the difference. And it usually starts at a million for an umbrella policy. So in coverage. would you recommend then? I always recommend it if your exposures are high. For example, as soon as you get a teenage driver, I recommend it. Mm. Your exposures are now through the roof. Mm -hmm. If you have a swimming pool, if you have dogs, if you have a pet, I would get an umbrella policy because a dog I've seen it. Bite somebody? You buy somebody that falls on your homeowner's policy. If that gets exhausted, it comes a personal liability, mm -hmm. which you don't want. That's why you want an umbrella to cover you. And then, then it's lawsuits and who knows what. Right. Right. Yeah. But if you have an umbrella policy, it could cover all of it. Could be, yeah. I guess we never know if it goes to the end, but right. But it's we've seen it. That's that's why I recommend it. I've seen these happen. It's not common, but I do see them happen. And there's a reason why your young drivers are so expensive. Yeah, they are. They wreck a, a huge liability. They wreck a lot, don't they? To mom and dad, and so you got to protect yourself. You got to get an umbrella. My son's truck, which is on its fourth accident, never had a claim because it was old enough we didn't care. And that was on purpose. Yeah. My daughter, we bought two old cars, but she totaled them. And I didn't think that would be a bad idea to put it through, but his, her insurance went through the roof and we had to go to a really bad carrier yeah. on her insurance. And that's the thing to keep in mind. There are, carry, there are some companies that they won't touch certain things, but we've got the spectrum, at least in our agency, Hey, you've got multiple accidents and a DUI and you've been uninsured for a little while. We have somebody for you mm -hmm. at, that's reasonable for a period of time. Yeah. Get you yeah. back on track. I mean, we have companies. That's what they do. <clears throat> that is their niche. So I had a conversation even this morning about someone who has an auto detailing business mobile and conversation is, Hey, it's going into winter time and maybe we can rent a, a bay and you know, can you take their car somewhere? For example, hey, client, I'm going to come pick up your car. I'm going to take it to a bay, doll it up, and bring it back. What kind of hurdles would that? Of course, his concern was, what if I crash it? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do that. So it actually eliminates a whole piece of his business during the winter because he's nervous. <clears throat> excuse me, nervous about the what if happens. Can insurance come in and, and help that situation? Or is that one they say, no way? From his standpoint, from the business standpoint? From his standpoint, saying, hey, I want to start doing more auto detailing in the wintertime. 
some desalting, some other variables like that. Okay. And there's a whole lot of business aspects of should that work or not. But one of them that makes them actually stop doing it is how do I get it there? Because right now I'm a mobile and do I pick it up and drive it over and bring it back? And, you know, I'm trying to have a service here. Right. So if he's, I said, well, maybe you just use your insurance, but how would that work? So his, his business policy could be set up where it would cover his inventory while it's in his possession. Hmm. So if he has, while his vehicles are in his possession, he could have coverage for that. And that would be a dollar amount. See, I've got 50,000 in inventory at any one time mm -hmm. and I don't cover. So they, that would be business policy that would cover him. So he gets in an accident on the way from client to the place that he's going to do it. Yeah. And it's a fender bender or it's a crazy bad crash. He would have $50,000 go towards whatever. Could. Yeah. His business policy would be the one in charge of that. What about the client's insurance allowing him to take it? Would they cover it? I'll tell you what a, a company would they file a claim and we'll see. <laughs> but I can tell you uh, that's a good question. The, the rule of thumb is if the insured or the client or the owner of the vehicle gives permission to mm -hmm. someone else mm -hmm. to drive their vehicle, as long as in, there is coverage, mm -hmm. the coverage does get passed on to that person if they receive permission. So we should be okay. Could be. Yeah. And you're saying it could not be too then. Well, it's, uh, yeah. Why do, why do you say, it? where's, where's the unknown? How come it's not a hard and fast rule? Because it's a, it's a business taking, it, I think it would fall under the business first. Oh, because it's business versus personal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I, I guess to stop for a moment in this somewhat boring conversation <laughs> is that if it stops someone from expanding their business because they're worried about something happening, I understand your insurance, get the policy and expand your business. Exactly. And the thing that you're talking about is I'm glad he, whoever's doing this business, I'm glad he's asking those questions because mm -hmm. it's not required. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows what his policy is dropping the cars off. Mm -hmm. he, he'd assume that. But um, I know a lot of a lot of our business insurance is something we have to review and correct because they're not covered properly. Mm. You know, all they're this, assuming things yeah. or they just go with it and say, hey, all the state requires is 300,000 in liability to get your contractor's license. Someone says that's a lot of money. It's not. It's not. It's not. No, you need a million dollars for a contractor. Mm. And most jobs won't even let you in until you have a million. But um, again, that's all the state requires to get your license. And then it's really up to you to determine what are my risks, what are my exposures, and how do I protect myself? And unfortunately, that's a conversation they don't usually have. You get my insurance, get my license, and I'm off to work. Mm -hmm. But they, they forget about what about my tools? Mm -hmm. You know, what about my equipment? What if I am driving someone else's car? Mm -hmm. And those are things that come into play because insurance is there, but they'll cover what they have to cover. Yeah. And it's and up if, to you to find out the If you're not covered, right. If you're not properly covered, you will be in trouble. What if I want to be a landlord? I'm going to start becoming a landlord. What kind of insurance do I need? Obviously, there's in case the house burns down. But what if these guys are doing math? What if these guys, you know, <laughs> I'm a landlord and I have to deal with people and situations and they burn it down or their stuff gets stolen. You know, what if, if I'm a landlord, what kind of insurance situation am I dealing with here? Well, there are landlord policies specifically for tenant occupancy. Mm. So the companies will assume there's a tenant in there 
and they try to assess in terms of do you allow dogs with your tenants so they know how to adjust for that. So pets could ruin the house and that could be an insurance item? Sure, or just a lot, like I said, the liability. If a dog gets out and oh. causes harm, it could be. So anytime there's a landlord, require your tenants to get a renter's policy mm. just for the sake of liability. Would that be also for an Airbnb, a, a nightly rental? How would you do that? Some companies are starting to allow, they're getting more comfortable with that, with, with nightly rentals. But yeah, the thing that the exposure is there, whether it's a, a nightly rental or a long-term rental, uh, we have coverage for that. But keep in mind, it is the owner, the landlord's responsibility to maintain the property. So it is up to him to make sure there isn't a meth lab in the basement because it's his response to maintain the property. So if there is a meth lab, he doesn't know about it, he or she doesn't know about it, and they it blows up. Are they covered? <laughs> well, we'd have to file a claim and say, but there are <laughs> there are exclusions, mm, right? There right. are exclusions to as far as making sure the home is properly maintained. So, and that's that's, al a, that's almost like a when you say reasonable in a lawsuit, you know, was it did they reasonably take care of the property and you have to show that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so someone could say, well, I'll just take the risk then if the insurance isn't going to cover me. What would you say to that? Do they want to assume the risk rather than relying yeah, on the Yeah, I mean, if I have coverage? insurance policy and that happens to me, well, and they leave me high and dry anyway, maybe I'll just take the risk. No, no. I mean, this is, we're talking about doing an illegal pursuit in the home. Okay. This is, yeah. Exceptional. This is exceptional. Yeah, that's, generally speaking, you're you're well covered. But again, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. Landlords think, as a landlord, you know that it's a great responsibility to maintain the property. So it snows. And they come off the front step, they slip and fall and hit their head, and they're in long-term care. Right. Yeah. Who, where, where, what insurance should I have? How is that taken care of? Whose fault is that? Well, that'd be the landlord. So the landlord's responsible, even though they're not there. It snowed. They're out of town. Yeah. They have all the reasons in the world they didn't go over and make that happen. And they fall and slip and hit their head, and they're in long-term care of some level, a real bad head injury. And the landlord's going to pay for that. Well, it is his property and he's, it's his responsibility to properly maintain it. So whether it's icicles falling off, they didn't put a rain gutter, you know, whatever the case so may be. So an icicle can fall off, hit somebody. That's a risk. You've got to maintain the property. And I, can I get an insurance policy that then covers me for that? That says yeah. icicles fall on the head, you're covered up to a million dollars. Well, you've got, you've got two parts on your homeowner's policy. One is medical payment coverage. Mm -hmm. And that's regardless. That's kind of like your PIP coverage on your auto. Okay. So medical payment is regardless of who's at fault. You've got a thousand bucks person if somebody trips and falls and gets hurt they don't even ask questions okay if you're found liable that's when the liability comes into play on your homeowner's policy and me not clearing the snow on a snowy day and they slip would make me liable possibly yeah possibly yeah so what if the house i own has an hoa that takes care of the snow for me and the, the snow they don't come soon enough my yeah. tenant slips and falls do you go to the HOA and say, hey, that's your responsibility? Or is I that would, yeah. It's all about trying to finger point, I guess. Right. Saying, the right? HOA has their own liability policy, too, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. that very reason. Yeah. They've got bodily injury and property damage liability as, as an HOA. So. Yeah. But it is having, what are your exposures? Yeah. And that's important to know, whether it's a personal auto or a landlord or your home, a business. What are my exposures and what is my risk? It sounds like I, I won't think about it, but I can go talk to someone who's done it for yeah. 20 years and you'll say, look, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. And I go, really? Yeah. And you're like, I would probably consider this coverage. Well, I mean, from a, 
from a personal standpoint, you had somebody else's roof coming down, causing ice on your parking lot. Mm -hmm. That was a liability for you, mm -hmm. even though it was their property. Causing You're talking it. about commercial building right yeah, here. Yeah. Right. So we had to come in. There was a claim that came through. We had mm -hmm. to come and cover it up. And that's. Yeah, that's the joy. Yeah. Being on Main Street, owning commercial property, one of them anyway. But if somebody, you know what, with these windstorms that we get sometimes, your neighbor's tree burn, you know, gets blown over and falls onto your property. Mm -hmm. That's your fault. Really? Yeah. Because? Somebody's, somebody's, it's on your property. Mm. It's an act of God is what they call it. Mm -hmm. And that's something they quote unquote couldn't control. And um, so some to people get upset about by that. So but. to save yourself some neighbor fights, to save yourself a lot of stuff, go talk to your insurance agent, go talk to lawn and say, let's, let's think about all the coverages I might need yeah. and look at the menu and pick a lot of them. And pay and, and reasonably pay for it. You can pay way too yeah, much. So let's talk about how much. So this sounds like, oh my gosh, it's like 14,000 insurances, which I, how many policies? I don't know how many policies I have. I have a whole lot of policies Yeah. because of the buildings and children and vehicles and stuff like that. Right. With that said, there are a ton of them, but how much does it cost? Let's say I get my, you know, the state requires something on my vehicle, so much on my house. Well, I want to add these things. How much dollars are we talking? Is this like doubling and tripling or is this? Well, generally speaking, let's, let's start with your liability coverage on a personal auto. So your state requirements, 25,000 per person. Let's say you go up to a hundred thousand per person. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to add 50 to a hundred bucks a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not much. If you want to raise your homeowner's liability from 100,000 to 300,000, that's $25 a year. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to go no. down to these low, these lower liability limits. Um, for the cost, it's it's just not worth it. So I think if I'm not mistaken on the, this building that we're in, our offices are on the Tate building. I think I went to four million for liability. Is that true? Yeah. And just just in case, just in case, right. just in case, right? right? I needed two million. Yeah. Yeah, one right. million, two million is the standard, but four million is. And it wasn't a whole lot more. We're no. talking, it was fifty bucks or something. So you, so we hear millions, and our minds immediately go to, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to afford this. Thousands and thousands. No, it's it's hundreds, if not less. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. If you, and then if you go shopping, you find out that this insurance carrier carries it cheaper than that one. Right. So actually, insurance could go down. Right. In fact, you just came to me and said, "Hey, if you get life insurance on your right. child, tell tell about that one." So some of the carriers offer a really sizable discount if you have a life policy with them. Well, there are some life policies that are very expensive, mm -hmm. but there's some life policies, for instance, in, in your situation, we did it on your healthy young son. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was under a hundred dollars a year, but it saved you three or $400 mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. auto by getting it. Right. And um, it's, it's one of those no brainers. I'm a terrible salesman. You know that, <laughs> yep. but that's, I can sell that just mm -hmm. because it makes total sense. Um, but that's, there's so, there are so many tricks and trades. And like I said, we, we really just do a dance every day mm -hmm. because we try to help other people um, figure things out. But in terms of discounts, there's a lot of things to look at. Mm -hmm. So whatever your situation is, whether you're a client or not, it is worthwhile just to revisiting where you're at. I just sent an email out to my clients just because this valley in the last year or two has changed dramatically in the last year of terms of replacement cost. Yeah. 
What does it cost to replace house my house? Yeah. My house, what does my house cost to replace? Well, that's changed dramatically. And so I did send an email out to say, hey, it's probably worthwhile to revisiting what we have for your home insurance because it's different than it was a year or two ago. You covered it at 300,000 five years ago, 10 years ago. It's now 600 to a million. Well, and it's, and, and that's another example. So, uh, you know, it was 300,000 last year. And now it's $450,000 this year to replace my home. Oh my gosh, that's terribly expensive. It probably adds about $60 a year. Yeah. yeah. So it's just one of those, it can, it can really save you for not much. And again, so. going back to certainly personal with your house, personal with your auto, but business as well to have all the insurances so that you don't have to come up with the thousands and thousands of dollars in that circumstance of uh, an accident or something that you didn't see coming. Right. Business, especially business, your exposures as a business owner is, is really a lot. And business insurance can be expensive, but your exposures are great. And so in case of a loss, it could really take you or your business down if you're not, pro if you're not uh, properly covered. And then if I decide to make a claim, one reason why I don't make a claim is my insurance is going to go up, right? Could, yeah. So, yeah. so if someone slips and falls at one of these commercial buildings that I own, and a claim is made, and some sort of fault, whatever that is, you yeah. know, I should have, I should have the snow removed, something like that, happens. They pay out, then the next year comes around for renewal. They could cancel me. They could say it costs more, or it's the same. Is that those are the three options? Those are the same with the business policy. Yeah, they can non-renew you. Mm -hmm. They could surcharge you for the claim. Um, there's a really good, the chance of nothing happen is pretty slim. They're going to do one of those two. So it's going to cost you more if I make a claim. Could. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, whether it's business or personal, it's a good conversation to have before we file. Yeah. Hey, I got a $1,200 wind damage on my roof. Uh, should I file a claim? You know, some people just go ahead and call and that's too bad because their deductible is a thousand. Mm -hmm. They're going to pay out $200 and whether the insurance pays out $200 or 20,000, it'll still be a surcharge of a claim. Mm -hmm. So you're going to carry that claim for three years and end up paying way more than that $200 payout. So long story short, as far as like a wrap up on this, insurance is a set it and forget it in, in society. No one even thinks about it, right? Which is a beauty for you. Yeah, it's painful. You don't even want to talk about, I got insurance, I'm done. <laughs> and that's society and that's how we work until something tragic happens and you find out if you're covered or not and find out some bad news possibly. But the advice I'm hearing from you over this time we've spent is come talk to you, new business, probably every year. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Where are you at? Hey, my kid just turned 16. Hey, I'm opening a new business. I'm doing different things with my business. I'm now buying some properties, right? Yes. And frankly, even if nothing has changed, it's still worth looking at. Mm -hmm. Even if nothing's really changed, and I mean, of all the things that's going up, this is one of the few things that you can really revisit to save money. I can't complain. Everyone can't, they can't complain to the grocery store. They can't complain to the gas station, but they can come and review their insurance. And there's some things that we can do possibly to save some money there. So rather than getting all mad and having a horrible experience with something that went wrong, be insured, be insured well, yeah. and, and it'll take care of some of all that stuff. And you won't have to either be financially in a situation or hate your neighbor. Correct. Let's, yeah. I, I have one final question as we finish up. Would you recommend someone going through the steps to become an insurance agent and make a living out of this? 
now that you've, you know, you heard dad and uncle talking about it. You talk about this every day. You know, it's maybe it's not sexy to some, maybe it's great to others. I don't know. Well, it's very sexy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, I would say 80 to 90% who pursue this business don't last. Because? They don't have the perspective. Which is? I'm not going to make any money for two to five years. And that's legit. That's pretty legit. Like, give give me the amount. Like, in two or three years, you expect to make how much money doing this job? That depends on the individual. Hmm. I A go-getter. If you're a extremely Salesperson aggressive, right? if you're extremely aggressive, you can do, you know, you can be 30, 30 to 50 after your second year. And people would say, uh, right. Uh, really? That's too long. That's a lot yeah. of time. For- it, if, if I started, I don't think I would have stayed with it if I were younger and, mm-hmm. and as naive as I was. So, but it's it does have, a, but but I we don't need to go into numbers because that's private. But it does have a multiplication factor, multiplier, as you get bigger and more policies and more, so that the money comes in and it becomes a, a very good job. Yeah. So this, the purpose of me going into this business eighteen years ago was stability, mm-hmm. and it has done that. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a recession, whether it's whatever's going on, it has not. It has not affected my business. It has been steady steady through it all. It's been steady throughout all of it. It's nice having a product that's required by law Mm -hmm. to have. That's been helpful. But to have the business, the companies that we have has made it to where we've been able to maintain and grow regardless of what the economy is doing. And if you're interested, come talk to me. It's a, it's a, I try to talk everyone, everyone that does talk to me. I, the first two times I try to talk them out of it mm-hmm. because it is a hard thing to get into and stay with. But if you're serious, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful business. And I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. Mm-hmm. This conversation's boring <laughs> talking about coverages. I know it is. But if, they, if they lasted till now, they did learn no, some things yeah. though. Yeah. You for and the, I, for the three people you left. and I the only one time. For the three people left. Thank you. <laughs> Our, our wives and parents. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, listening. mom. Thanks, dad. <laughs> but it's uh, no, it's a necessary evil. People got to have it. They have to pay for it. But let's we can help. Yep, we can help with that. And so. yeah, expand your business. Do it right. Take care of your family and be able to sleep at night and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Lon. Thank you, Tom. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.